Quiet, please. Quiet, please. Broadcasting Company presents Quiet Please, which is written and directed by Willis Cooper, and which features Ernest Chappell. Quiet Please for today is called Light the Lamp for Me. They say that my historical books, my stories based upon happenings in the past, are extraordinarily vivid. They say they're minutely accurate, that they read as if I'd actually been there, seen the happenings in person. They say that my descriptions of the early days of the California missions, particularly of the San Fernando mission, are more painstakingly detailed than even the contemporary accounts of the Brown Road Franciscans, who lived and labored, prayed and died in the shadows of the Sadobi walls. They wonder what undiscovered source material I alone have access to. And now the time has come to tell. You know San Fernando, La Mission San Fernando Rey de España, with the statue of Father Sara beside the fountain in the memory garden across the road, the screen door that opens into the musty little office and the sign that reads, Curios, the arches of the cloister where the cracked plaster shows the ancient adobe bricks, the wrought iron bars on the windows, the sheep pen down at the end of the cloister where the surly old ram glowers at you through the wire. Do you know the convento and the glass cases of gold-threaded vestments against the walls? The old weapons, the rites of stirrups, the utensils carved from wood, the sagging old door frames and the wooden steps and the still room. Do you know the still room? The distillery where the old monks make brandy from the sour wine of the valley. The remains of copper pipes and vats in an ancient still. And the wooden platform with steps worn and eroded by time and countless footsteps, priestly and secular. A cramped, tall room, windowless, faintly odorous on a damp day of the spirit of the grape that was distilled there. The dust of a hundred and fifty years. The walls covered with names and dates scratched into the crumbling dobe. Gene and Vinny from Toledo. Kilroy and Harry Bubeck of San Francisco. Staff Sergeant Pearl Parmley of the W.A.C. And my cigarette lighter slipped from my fingers as I started to light a cigarette. In the half-darkness of the still room, it bounded into a far corner under the platform. And with an appropriate remark about the perversity of inanimate objects, I went down on all fours and crawled in the dust to retrieve it. In the farthest, dirtiest corner, of course, and a loose dobe brick alongside it. A brick that concealed a hidden treasure... I smiled briefly at the conceit as my fingers probed in the spaces where the brick had been. And there was something there. A lamp, I discovered, when I crawled out clutching it. An ancient bronze lamp, green with age. A lamp like those the Romans used. Something like a modern sauce boat. And a musty, frayed wick protruding from its snout. 
Most interesting discovery here in the California mission. I took the lamp to the door the better to examine it. Made another discovery. The lamp was full of oil. The wick was greasy with it. Here was more than mystery. And curiously, I flipped my lighter and touched the flame to the wick. Give me back my lamp. Well, now, look here. How, how do I know it's yours? 
And how do I know? I have the means to take it from you. Why, I could run you through. You wouldn't get away with it. Why, the police Ah, would... man, listen. Do not be judging events by the standards of your own time. But that is not now. I'll have back my lamp. I won't give it to you. Ah, it was in me mind to let you live as best you could. A full 150 years before your own time. But I see I must not do it. Ah, look here. There's such a thing as law. Oh, best still. But if you blow it out and light it again and wish yourself back where you came from, well, then I'd not have the lamp at all, at all. And since I cannot wish you back myself, there's only one thing to do. And he leaned across my shoulder and blew out the lamp. In the darkness, I heard the sound of steel as he drew his sword. I felt the wind from the sword stroke, and my hat was plucked from my head. In frantic reflex, I swung the lamp. It struck flesh and bone. In the dark, I heard a groan, a clashing of steel, as Pedro Pablo Obrejon fell. I waited a long time before I applied my lighter to the wick of the little lamp and thought of home time. And the thunder crashed. And I stood there in the sunny afternoon alone. The old ram blatted an impatient automobile horn sounded on a highway. The adobe bricks were crumbling and ancient again. And there was a sword cut in my hat. I saw as I picked it up. And there was blood, fresh blood, on the base of the little bronze lamp. And so I blew out the flame that flickered so pale in the sunshine. And I wiped it off. Sat down. And thought. And thought. Days later, when I went back to the year 1799, to a time two weeks after my first visit there... When I went back to arrange for masses to be said for the repose of the soul of Pedro Pablo Brejon, late of Galway, I asked one of the good fathers to translate for me the worn, dim inscription incised into the base of the lamp. It is hard to read, he told me, for the letters are different, old. But it was Latin, and at last he made it out. Praeteritis curies, futuris sema. The past many times. The past, many times. The future, but once. And I wondered then. I wished that I'd had more time to talk with Abraham and learn of his excursions into the past. Whether he had possessed the hardihood to take his one trip into the future. For truth to tell, I myself had not. But I made many trips back and learned many things, which you may have explained that in my books. Yes, I was there. I saw John Fremont. Pio Pico was my friend. I saw the marches behind the bear flag in the days of the California Republic. I knew many people whose names are in history now. I knew them and they knew me. And we were friends. You ask how? I have but to light my lamp and think of a time when I am there. There are only two restrictions. One, that I can change only time, not place. If I wish to see Chicago in the mid-90s, I must go to Chicago. If I would watch the Battle of Hastings in 1066, I must go to England. And the other, I may see the future only once. And I find myself incapable of choosing a time in the future which I would want to see. But let us speak of the past a while longer. 
Do you know the old Vicente de los Dobre and Encino, where Balboa Street runs into Ventura Boulevard? The long, low adobe house with the thick walls, the broad fountain in the yard. You must have driven past it dozens of times. I lived there with my wife, Concepcion. Conchita Morales. All through the year 1821. I think that was the happiest period of my life. Yes, the little bronze lamp was a priceless gift. A gift that no mortal should ever possess, I'm afraid, for there were certain things. Immutable laws governed it. I have no idea where it came from, who discovered its powers, who fixed its powers, but it brought evil as well as good, sorrow as well as joy, punishment, shall we say, for the possession of such transcendent powers. I'd hoped that with the lamp I'd be enabled to live again certain happy days, but I found that once lived, those days were forever gone. I remember how I found it out. It was not always easy to explain my long absences from Conchita in our home in the valley. I couldn't say, what is all? I had been visiting other times. I did the best I could. Almost always Conchita was satisfied, happy that I'd returned. But there was a time when I'd been away and miscalculated. The time when I came back. It was six months later than I thought. The house was dark and silent as I walked up the path. I called... Conchita! Conchita! And there was no answer. Only old Tiburcio, her father, was there, squatting in the darkness. His quavering voice answered me. Manfredo? Hold off, Tiburcio. Where is everybody? You have been gone a long time, Manfredo. I'm sorry. I meant to come back earlier, but something happened and I... How's Conchita? I'm hungry enough. What's the matter, Tiburcio? Perdices. I said I'm hungry. Mucho tengo hambre. What's the? No, it's not. What's that? What's the matter? Where's Conchita? Conchita is there. What did you say, Tiburcio? She died four days ago, Manfredo. Your child was born. And she died.
never went back to the old days of the De Rosa house. I've been past there a number of times. I know where the grave is and the acacia. I know where to find our initials, Conchitas and mine, scratched to the Spanish dagger in the adobe wall when it was soft and fresh. But it's a place of sorrow and remembered happiness for me. And I seldom go there. But I've been many places. I didn't meet George Washington. I talked with Baron von Steuben at Valley Forge, but the general himself was unapproachable. I watched the Custer massacre from the hilltop above the Little Bighorn. Could tell you some interesting facts about that fight. I saw Marie Antoinette mount the steps of the scaffold in Paris. I turned away in sick horror. And when I'd lighted my lamp again, I found myself in the midst of a crowd celebrating Lindbergh's flight from the United States. I knew a man in New York named Sidney Breeze, and I sat in an old house where a skyscraper stands now and watched Sidney carving his own tombstone. You can see the tombstone yourself if you're walking past Trinity Churchyard someday in New York. How, Sidney, Sidney, liest thou here, it reads. I remember how Sidney laughed as he tapped away at the inscription. Here, yeah, the little lamp is taking me many places. Then my books, they say, are accurate. Marvels of detail. I wonder, did the Irishman in Spanish uniform ever visit this age on his one excursion into the future? Did the others who owned it before him come and stare curiously at us? Or were they as feared of the future, of seeing the future too soon, as I was? It's too late. 
I don't know. That's what you said. I said, I'm afraid you haven't too much time, Manfred. I said you'd better begin to set your affairs in order. They're in order. As much in order as they ever will be. After you told me the story about the lamp, I wondered. Wondered? If perhaps there weren't some loose ends somewhere. Some time, I mean, that might need catching up. No, I don't think so. No, I think not. But except, as I said, I wish there were at least a few things I could do uh, for someone else. You know about that, Manfred. I don't. If I... If I could have taken back a gift of, of happiness to someone. But I didn't. When I got the lamp, I killed a man. When I met Conchita... I, I sat and watched Custer's men being slaughtered. What could you have done? I might have fought with him. I might have contributed... Contributed your own death. What good would that have done? Maybe I'd been happier... I think not. I, I've been handed the greatest opportunity of all time, and what have I done with it? Manfred, why are you so afraid of the future? What makes you think I'm afraid of the future? You are, aren't you? Not afraid of it. Yes, you are. Well, well who isn't? The past? That's happened. We know about it. We can take care of ourselves in the past, but the future... But the future is the place where you might find that gift you want to bring to humanity. To others, if you don't like the pomposity. I don't know. Something's there. Something that might help us if we know a little about it. No. You say you owe a debt, Nancy. Yes, but I... I don't want to remind you of what I told you tonight, but... How long have I got, Catherine? Shall I tell you? Tell me. You may have six months. Hmm. Or you may have ten years. But uh, six months is more likely. Yes. Yes, it is. Or what? Or less. Catherine, I'm afraid. It's your decision, Manfred. But there's not much time. Well, what if I find... Yes? Well, if I find I'm dead when I go into the future, would that be suicide? You might be dead an hour from now, Manfred. No. You or I or anyone. Maybe I wouldn't be able to come back. You have only to light the lamp, you said. Well, I know, but they might not let me come back. I rather think they'd be glad to help us. Because anything we might do with their secrets could conceivably help them. Yes, I suppose. I suppose so. Well, think it over, Manfred. I will. Telephone me in the morning. All right. Good night. Good night.
I sat there for a long time, thinking it all over. Something of a shock to be told that you're near the inevitable close of your life. To know that death is so irrevocably near. I think that faded from my mind in those black hours. Only the overpowering curiosity remained. The curiosity that Catherine had set a fire at me. I know only that the clock was striking four when I pinched out a last cigarette and reached over for the lamp. I was quite calm as I touched the flame of my lighter to the wick. I said aloud, I wish I could see the future. Disappeared. I could look out over the city from any angle. I could light from my lamp. It was the only light there was anywhere. I called out. There was no answer. I called again. Still, there was nothing but the oppressive silence. I moved. The part of the wall collapsed beside me. glow of the sunrise brightened the morning and I put out the light of the lamp. I do not know how long I stood there in the ruined room, unmoving, gazing out on a scene of desolation such as man has never seen before. And as the sun rose higher into the forbiddingly dark sky, new scenes of ruin and ashes came into view. There was nothing the city was gone. As far as the eye could see. Desolation. And one living man to view it. No, I... I don't know how far into the future I went. I said I wish I could see the future, you know. Maybe that the time I'm in is a hundred years from your time. A hundred and five. For one hour. But it's the future. And how shall I come back to you? The lamp is out. There's no way to light it again. Please, story. 
story was Light the Lamp for Me. It was written and directed by Willis Cooper, and the man who spoke to you was Ernest Chappell. And Pat O'Malley played the Irish soldier. Floyd Buckley was Tiburcio, and the doctor was Kathleen Day. As usual, music for Quiet Please is played by Albert Berman. Now, for a word about next week, my good friend, our writer-director, Willis Cooper. I've written a story for next week that I call Meet John Smith. John. And so, until next week at the same time, I'm quietly yours, Ernest Chappell. Now, a listening reminder. The racket-busting counter-spies expose another vicious criminal enterprise this afternoon. Be sure to hear David Harding counter-spy over this ABC station. This is ABC, the American Broadcasting Company.